This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. It is time to turn our attention to headlines coming out of China. We've got China stock warnings to the United States with regard to Speaker of U.S. House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi's upcoming trip to Taiwan. Plus, we'll look at what to expect from uh, Indonesian President Joko Widodo's trip to Beijing and Evergrande getting a new leader. Can the company be saved? On the line with me to help me out with those headlines, Dr. O. A. Sun, a senior fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, it's been a while. How have you been? I am doing okay, getting busy as the economy opens up. <laughs> yeah, I've been a lot of people coming to you to get your expert analysis. And we've got quite a few issues to talk about. First, China giving warnings to the Biden administration because of this trip to Taiwan by Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi triggering alarm bells among White House officials who oppose her trip. Doctor, I understand that they can't actually tell Miss Pelosi you cannot go. They can't disallow her. It's different powers, right? But in your opinion, tell me about the reaction. Is China overreacting by this trip? What are they worried about here, and how far do you think they will go? Well, of course, China is the most worried about some form of official recognition of Taiwan by the U.S. side. Especially now, it's just、uh, shall we say two, three, four months before. The Communist Parties every five years they have a conference, right? It's、yeah. going to be at the end of the year, and Xi Jinping, of course, would like to continue his rule. So any form of sort of creeping official recognition of Taiwan would not be very helpful to him. That's why I think he not quite like this reported visit by Nancy Pelosi. Taiwan.、Yeah. Mm, it'll be the first trip by U.S. House Speaker to Taiwan in 25 years. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> There's、yeah. another interesting trip happening: the Indonesian President Joko Widodo visiting and meeting Chinese President Xi Jinping on the first leg of a three-country tour of Asia. I believe that meeting is happening later today. What's going to be on the agenda, Doctor O? And why has the country opened up their doors to Joko Widodo? Does this have anything to do with the fact? That you know, Indonesia is G20 sort of host nation this year. Well, indeed, from the Indonesian perspective,、uh, it is as you said the host country for the G20 summit、uh, mm-hmm. later this year,、mm-hmm. and therefore it would like to have you know all these heads of state for the various G20 countries to attend. And if Xi Jinping does so, it will be I think his very first、uh, foreign trip since the onset of the pandemic. From the China perspective, I think they would like sort of in solidarity with all these developing countries,、okay. and Indonesia is of course chief among them. Yeah. Right. Okay, Doctor. This is a saga that's going on for a bit too long. China's Evergrande Group's chief executive officer Xia Haijun has been forced to resign, with Xu Shan, an executive director at the company, taking over the reins. So this is all happening while the property developer tries to strike a restructuring deal to solve this three hundred billion dollar worth of liabilities. It's pretty much made a mess out of the real estate market there. With the new leader, how? Will the dynamics change? Can the company be safe? Are they in too deep trouble? <laughs> yeah, and you know, technically, Mr. Siu is from the current setup. Well, indeed, as you say, Mr. Siu was、uh, very much part of the previous management 
team, right? But of course, you said also this is a big mess up, and therefore somebody <laughs> has to take the blame, right? and therefore the CEO would have to go. Whether this particular property group or indeed other uh, property development projects in China could be, uh, in a sense, rescue or not, I think it depends a lot on the government. Because by this point, I think only the government will have the kind of money, the kind of wherewithal, for example, put together, as you said also, some form of a rescue plan. Mm. But of course, that plan, uh, as the amount indicates, I think would have to be top up uh, a few times over in order to do so. Yeah. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. I'm on the line this morning with Dr. O.A. San, Senior Fellow at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs. We're taking a look at some of the top headlines coming out of China. Dr. O, the next one, according to the Financial Times, China has plans to sort U.S.-listed Chinese companies based on the sensitivity of the data they hold, all this in an attempt to stop U.S. regulators from delisting hundreds of firms and groups. What else do we know so far about China's plans to avoid U.S. delistings? I mean, this strategy that they have, in your opinion, is it strong enough? Is it sound enough? Any potential loopholes here? Well, I think since that piece of news came out, the China side has come out to uh, deny that the sort of classification of Chinese companies listed in U.S. stock markets into mm-hmm. several categories, such that those with uh, less sensitive data, audit information could be indeed handed over to the U.S. side and so on, and therefore avoiding being delisted. But of course, with China, I think the main thing is really enforcement. Mm. Even if there are promises made of uh, making some of this so-called audit data available to the U.S. regulators, very often on the ground, you will see it being very difficult to actually, number one, carry out such audits, and number two, to have those audit data been indeed truthfully represented. I think those are the main challenges of these Chinese companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very true. It's a too big a challenge to answer for, really. Dr. O, oh, final issue. China has fined ride-hailing giant Didi 8.026 billion yuan, so that works up to about $1.2 billion, for breaking its cybersecurity laws. Now, last week, the Cyberspace Administration of China said that it had found conclusive evidence against the company. Okay, the tech crackdown that we've been seeing over the past months seems to have eased up over recent weeks. What's happened here for Didi? And I think more importantly, is this a sign that finally this tech crackdown, especially for investors, right, that finally it's coming to an end? Well, you see, for many of these companies, of course, they would like to uh, leverage the kind of data which they uh, collected from their clients and customers and try to do so-called big data analysis so that you know, they could push out more goods and services to these clients and customers and so on. But of course, you know, this sort of practice sometimes will run afoul of, say, Chinese or even U.S. regulations, right? You need to have privacy protection and so on. And I think DD was perhaps a bit more proactive in collecting those data and it displeases the Chinese administration. But of course, there are those who have the opinion that there are the political dimensions to this as well. Mm -hmm. So there were then you have to go into, uh, for example, the owners of DD, whether he or she is aligned to a certain political factions in China. So, you know, politics and economics often get mixed up uh, in the Chinese context. 
Yeah, that's why I say it's complicated that way. <laughs> Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs, on the line with me. Dr. O, I appreciate your time as always. Take care. Have a great day ahead. Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us.